I got to take the dog for a walk. So she goes out walking off on Industrial Avenue in the backside of Comfort Inn. So she's walking, and so so she started coming walking back. She's done with the dog walk. She comes walking back up the entranceway on the north side of the of uh, Comfort Inn. She said something caught her eye, and she turns and looks west across, and she sees uh, a craft slowly moving over the General Dynamics company building and she said oh my god she said the craft kept on coming forward and it stopped right in front of her Andy what kind of thing does that what kind of thing this says it you said you could walk faster than the craft was moving it just moved up and stopped and she said the lights were opaque the lights were like three feet in diameter and they were bulbous externally they were you know, bulb shape. You know, outside, and they were uh, opaque. So she thought one time. She said, "Well, I wonder if I could see someone who maybe looked down through the the glass, and maybe they'd see them." And she said, and then she said something about, "Oh yeah, about being abducted. You know, something of that nature." It's like the thickness of about four feet, and there was like a a, a seal in between like there's two sections of it and there was like a, a seam or a seal in between the two like there's a two a two-tier type scenario sounds like a double-decker bus of ufos yeah it, but she's well, close enough she can see in the i mean she can see the windows like she, so she i mean i can only imagine being in her situation because you're like oh my god am i about to see an extraterrestrial being like who's steering this ship you know well, that's crazy well my thoughts went to like how did this craft know to stop right in front of her? So I, I took her history. I found out her husband. Now here's the gig. Her husband was in the was in the Air Force. Guess what? He worked with Minutemen missiles. What you just heard is a segment of my full-length interview with Fred. And believe me when I tell you, things get very strange as our conversation progressed. Now you can hear this episode in its entirety by clicking the link in the show notes and becoming a subscriber. It's only $4.99 a month, which is one hell of a deal considering how much bonus material you'll have access to. In some cases, like today, that means hearing the extended uncut interview, and some weeks being a subscriber unlocks an entirely separate full-length episode not available to the public. As our So Strange community continues to grow, I want to offer a heartfelt thank you to all of you for your support. But enough with the rambling, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to Season 4, Episode 9 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and a paranormal researcher who is joined by another researcher of a different kind. We're here with Fred <laughs> Zewi, the uh, Assistant State Director of the MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network here in Nebraska. This man has his finger on the pulse of everything related to UFOs in the community. If there's something happening... Fred's the first to find out about it. I'm usually second because he's pretty uh, quick draw McGraw in terms of sending me emails and texts. But Fred, thanks for being on So Strange. This is a real pleasure, man. 
Yeah, man, it's like our local haunt, you know, here in here in the Omaha area, Nebraska, and Lincoln area. So yeah, it's like we all grew up here in the Midwest, you know, having Christian ideals, you know, meat, you know, the meat of the bones, you know, and things of that nature. And here we are out in the ozone layer in the craziness world of quantum and UFOs, ghosts, paranormal. What else can we look up? Past life, you know. Uh, kinds of craziness you know I mean, of course we were all kind of defunct of what what's really really going on you know you know we were probably you played soccer i was a swimmer tennis player you know we love i love sports you know if it wasn't for sports as a kid man i think i'd go bonkers you know so <laughs> you would have floated off into the ether already so yeah it is important these things help keep us grounded whether it's sports or you know academics but then you know then those of us who are curious spiritually and in terms of the paranormal, we, we, we need more. You know, we need more case studies. We need more books to read. We need more UFO sightings to talk about. Yeah. Before, before we began, you were actually talking about dreams. You've been having uh, bizarre yeah. dreams along with a lot of other people in town, I've, I've gathered. Yeah, so you're the hit on that too, Andy. Like, you know, you got a lot of your friends and those who listen to you, you know. Uh, you, don't get to, you don't get to talk a lot about that, you know. It's, it's just like, God dang, I had this crazy crazy dream uh andy you know this is about a week ago and in the dream i'm in this room and this guy comes walking up and i'm looking at him and he had you know a really nice chiseled beard you know and things of that nature and i could see his i mean very vividly i could see his face very just like looking at your video right now very clear and it's all all of a sudden his eyes start shifting they were big eyes you know like big eyes you know and they're Animalized, they're multicolor. They sh kept on shifting from, but every five, two, couple, two, three seconds, they'd shift to another set of eyes, back and forth, you know. And then and all of a sudden, I'm looking at him, you know. I got, I, I said to him, I said, "Hey, do you know that your eyes are shifting?" He goes, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> As if he already knew it. He's like, "Okay, what are you doing?" You know. And so I'm like thinking, and this is kind of a real lucid dream too, Andy. You know. And I'm like. And so I'm looking at the eyes, you know, I mean, they, they were big eyes. I mean, they weren't just small little, you know, they were kind of like iridescent yellows and whites and blacks and all kinds of different colors, you know, and I'm like looking at them. And then at one point, you know, and then I'd say, and, and all of a sudden it shifted back to him and I'm looking at him and he almost like Oh, he went down to like a, a computer laptop and he was kind of showing me eyes on the laptop a little bit, you know, and I'm like, well, that's strange. What are they doing on this laptop? And then I looked at his face again. And he kind of had like a little screen over his face and he had a ball cap and he couldn't really see it, you know, but you could see the eyes and all of a sudden the eyes started shifting again. And I'm like, oh, here we go again with the eyes, you know, so that was one of my bonzo dreams, you know, and I'm kind of going, okay. You know, I was thinking too, like screen memories again, like we talked about, Andy. I'm like, okay, am I looking at, you know, is my higher self kind of talking to me? Like, okay, these are the entities that you've been encountered with by, you know, and so they were showing my eyes. And I remember in one dream, he said, the, uh, the being showed me, told me to look into this gal's eyes. When I looked in the eye, then you look into the soul of the person. So you, you bypass the screen memory to the real person. So I'm thinking, are these the beings I've seen in other times that I don't haven't got real memories of? You know, so I'm so okay. So so that's a little hit, you know. There, so I'm going. So more and more might be shown to me as time goes along on that. 
You know, the the weird shifting eyes almost makes me think of this worldwide phenomena, and it's kind of a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory territory, but all these YouTube videos yeah. where people do like slow motion of like famous people and politicians and celebrities where when they blink, uh, people almost claim that some, some people have like these reptilian eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so-and-so is, you know, this oh. famous person is a reptilian alien. Here's That's the proof. Great about that crazy lady on the aircraft saying that uh, she said this stewardess wasn't a human. And I'm so we're looking, I'm thinking about that. It's like, okay, was she picking up the shape-shifting eyes? What 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 did this freak this lady out? You know, so, you know, so she's like screaming, you know, that she's not human. She's not of human origins, you know, and she's just freaking out. So they take her and they Deplane the whole the whole plane, and uh, and then I guess what happened too. I guess they got a whole new crew and a whole new plane, and they didn't allow her on the plane because she made such a ruckus, you know. So I found that very fascinating. So here we have this real life type scenario where this lady's like going quantum on us, you know, like I just saw these reptilian eyes, you know, but not not human eyes, but you know. So who knows what's uh, you can't do that on an airplane, unfortunately. I <laughs> you have TSA up your butt, you know, and then probably she's going to limit her flying in the future as well. You know, but who knows? Maybe she did see it. You know, that's that's the thing is you just never know who's 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 crazy, who's telling the truth, because, you know, until some of this thing becomes more mainstream and to the forefront, it all sounds crazy until it's not. Oh, yeah. You know, a couple hundred years ago, people talking about things such as airplanes. That was crazy. Right now. Now it's just commonplace. Well, yeah, it's just the shape shifting eyes. A lot of people, you know. You know, kind of like, whoa, you know, like little lizard's eyes, you know, and things of that nature. Of course, we see that on Star Trek and all the other different, you know, sci-fi movies and stuff. You know, they get the, the different eyes and looks and things of that nature. But, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. But uh, but then... Speaking of... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, you know, we, we're talking about reptilians, but, you know, as a person who's been gathering, you know, UFO evidence and, and case studies and interviewing people all these decades... Reptilians are not the only alleged type of alien species out there. You have the greys, which are the iconic, you know, big head, bulbous eyes, you know, just slit for a mouth. You have the tall, beautiful Nordics. You have the, I mean, what are some of the other, uh, you know, species of, of extraterrestrials that people have talked about, Fred? Well, again, you, you got the insectoids, which are the kind of like the praying mantis type, you know, which are interconnected. You know, it's a lot of people have had, uh, the reptilians, and in the background, you got the insectoids, you know, especially those with the, uh, those are connected with the alien hybrid. It's the grays and the smaller grays, and then they, and then you got the darker, taller grays in the back, and then all of a sudden here they're interconnected with the insectoids coming in, doing the, uh, some of the, some of the uh, implants, you know, you know, things of that nature, or even uh, some of the surgeries that they do, the, you know, one of the gals talked about it, she, you know, she felt like in one of our, my sessions, one of my ERT sessions, that she felt like a needle going into the belly, into the belly button, and then being implanted or eggs taken from her and things of that nature. So so, so that gets really kind of crazy. You know, it's bad enough getting, a, you know, a, a needle stuck through your belly button, let alone looking up and seeing an insectoid, you know, up above you, you know, and things of that nature that kind of frightens the kajibis out of you you know it's like i don't i don't expect to see that you know so 
But, uh, you know, once you understand that they're, you know, this is the whole the whole shift in consciousness, though, too, you know, Andy, that we have to realize that these things are real, you know. They're, they're not just, you know, for me, it's 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 a day-to-day affair that they're real. We just have to become more co- cognizant of the fact that we live in these multidimensional realities. You know, we've got Dr. John Kasher talking about, you know, how many universes we have and how many you know, galaxies we have, you know, and it just goes by the, the billions of these galaxies now. It's an infinitesimal amount, you know, and so we're not the only thing that we link in conscious-wise. And, and then everybody's got to wrap their head around consciousness again. That's the that's the ticket, you know, and once you get into the quantum and into consciousness, again, that's uh, Dr. Teresa Bullard, you know, if you ever watch any of the Gaia TV shows, you know, on oh, yeah. Dr. Teresa Bola, she's the one I was like, I said, I'm missing something here from, from Newtonian physics, you know, you know, everything's Newtonian, Newtonian. And I said, well, what about all this, all this, you know, ET experiencers, you know, and those who've had out-of-body experiences and those who've had near-death experiences. And she is the first person that really listed all the Newtonian constructs and principles. And then she listed all the quantum are the quantum physics principles and guess what consciousness is number one consciousness is the primary thrust of quantum physics so we just got to get to know a little bit more about that and play that in our theme and i think if the more you think about quantum and think about oh guess what i can walk through that door or i can walk through the wall i can fly through the wall we got to think quantum we can't think 3d and so because that still interfaces our belief patterns in the 3d world you know so if you're in a dream and you say oh there's there's an alien that just went through the wall i'm like well yeah they can do that all the time you can go follow them through the wall yourself if you want to you know it's no big deal (laughs) so that's what i did in this other dream which is kind of a conversing right into this dream you know i'm i'm in this room and i next thing i know i'm flying around this room you know andy and I'm like, hey, I'm fine, you know, and I'm like conscious, conscious, conscious. I'm aware and it's like I'm, I'm in this dream, you know, I'm like, let's go through the wall. So I go flying through the wall and I went kind of like right across half my body went into the wall. I could feel the molecules of the wall again, you know, I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And I'm flying around, you know, so that happened, you know, and then all, and then uh, so that was another part of my dream, you know, the flying part of it. So there again, it's like you wouldn't be able to. I had another friend that was like he was using, you know, the uh, these. I think these lucid dreaming uh, goggles. You know, and they put out a little every. So if you go in the rapid eye movement, these glasses are triggered, and they put out these little LED lights on on you. You know, so this friend of mine says. My buddy wears them all night, every just about every night, and he goes and talks to his sister, you know, you know, on the on the quantum, you know. It's like he does, this. yeah. He's telling me all this crazy stuff about what he does every night. He goes talks to his sister, and he goes does this, you know. He goes traveling, you know. So you talk about all these remote viewers now, you know, that they remote view. And here's another principle. I kind of did a couple of remote viewing sessions, and uh. The thing about remote viewing, Annie, is that you're not supposed to identify, like, oh, it's a car. Oh, it's a building. You know, you're supposed to say, it feels soft. I feel like there's a, some, 
you know, uh, it's light, you know, the color of this, uh, this and that. But once you identify it, then it kicks in the logic mind and you get out, you get out from, uh, and then logic tries to come in and spoil it for you. <laughs> well, that's usually why. Speaking of logic, though, let's back up a little bit. Uh, for somebody who, who's listening who may have never heard of remote viewing, can you give like a little synopsis of how that process works? Yeah. You just do a relax and you kind of just sit back and relax and you let, and what they found out is one person is kind of the reader, you know, he knows what's going on and he'll give you a, a, what they found out with Eagle Swan and some, and those big remote viewers, they can give a coordinate or they can give it just another number or something to what he's identifying, what he knows. And so, so he'll give you a coordinate, and, and so nobody knows what the coordinate. So it's like, okay, 105 uh, latitude, you know, at minus 106, you know, da 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 da, and and you to go to that spot. So so the best thing is to do in remote viewing is that you do a cold reading, meaning you have you know nothing about it. So that way you can't use your logical mind to think about. Well, I know where the Empire State Building is, and I know what it looks like, and I know this and that. So if you were given the coordinates of the Empire State Building or the Eiffel Tower, you'd you'd automatically look at it and and conjure something up in your conscious mind, what it's supposed to look like. Well, if you do a cold reading, you don't know what you're supposed to be looking at. Well, then you – and then you relax, and what you do is just relax, and you let whatever comes forward. You know, you kind of go into that – you might even go into a, from a beta to an alpha state or even the theta state, you know, where the theta state's the best, you know, so by just relaxing. And then you just let the impressions come in, like intuitive hits just kind of come in, and you say, and you write them down, you know, like you write and say, oh, it's, it's cold, I feel cold. Uh, for some reason, you know, I'm, I'm agitated, you know, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. And so that's what you do. You just kind of pick up on the feelings, and you just, just write it down real quick, you know, don't think about it. Just write whatever comes, you know, bam, 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 you know, and that's the best way to do remote viewing. And then once once you have some time, then you can maybe pick up on one of those feelings and go a little bit deeper and then, then maybe the vision will come forward. And at one point in time, this was almost used for psychic espionage. And I believe oh. they actually they made a movie out of it called Men Who Stare at Goats. And I believe yes. George Clooney was in that movie, but yep. it, it kind of centers around Project Stargate. And to our listeners, sorry, we're giving you whiplash by mentioning so many different <laughs> phenomena and name dropping, and yep. we're just going to go where we go. But Project Stargate was, you know, centered around remote viewing, psychic espionage, trying to figure out if we could harness the power of intuition and, and psychic abilities to spy on the Russians and, you know, other places around the world. And they, they did find some validity and some positive results. But, you know, when you get, when you break down to things that are more, of consciousness and more of a gray area, you know, there's, it doesn't come back with a big enough hit percentage to be replicated. In other words, it's not uh, consistent enough for them to, well, maybe they're still doing it, but publicly they pulled the plug on that operation, but we'll never know the truth. You, you know what happened there. They said, well, the Russians, actually the Russians were doing it, and they were very, very good with it. They had very good results of it. So the Americans, that's what the Americans says, oh, we got to get on this bandwagon. You know, they're going to kick our ass, you know. So that's what that's where the goats, you know, the movie and the whole get-go, that's what started, you know. And uh, so, so that's why, you know, again, they don't, it's just like, oh, yeah, we don't, you know, 
Project Blue Book, the same thing. Uh, we're out of the UFO field, you know. And again, you know, we don't we don't look about, you know, here they've been looking at UFOs ever since, you know, and the same thing, remote viewing will never go away. It's always going to be there. And they still and they still practice it, you know, and I'm thinking about the, the one, uh, Montague and some of the other great remote viewers, you know, Eagle Swan. I mean, these guys were excellent, you know. So if you get a, one good guy or several good guys, they can go in there. They can tell you. That's how they found Saddam. That's where they found Gaddafi. That's where they found all these guys, you know. So they they just use remote viewers to go find these guys, you know, and things of that nature back, back in the war days. Well, let's talk real quick about the connection between, you know, psychic espionage and remote viewing as it applies to the UFO phenomena. And you're, um, you know, looking back on some of the case studies that, that you've, you know, researched, Fred, have you found there to be a correlation between people who have elevated intuition seeing UFOs more often or being abducted more often? Because it, it, in my experience, a lot of people I know who have seen UFOs and have had these ET experiences, they, they do seem to be spiritually curious. They are intuitive. They kind of dabble with anything from tarot cards to astrology to giving psychic readings or doing, you know, spiritual healing. So, I mean, have you seen this correlation as well? Well, yeah, I think what it is, though, too, Andy, I think a lot of people don't, like myself, I didn't know I was fairly psychic you know and what is intuition i didn't even know anything about that i just grew up i'm like i'm watching tv i'm going that guy's gonna run back but you know a touchdown on the football game sure enough the guy take gets the ball and runs it back i'm going why can't i think and do this all the time you know you know, as a kid, <laughs> you know? and i didn't know what intuition was you know i didn't understand it you know and, and uh, until you become aware that you are we're all psychic in our own ways, but we, we tend to not deem ourselves as that sensitive, you know, and I still, you know, I, I don't see myself as sensitive, but I think it's just, for me, it's more natural now, but I, but I am sensitive in my own ways and we all have our own P's and Q's more. Some people are more kinesthetically oriented. Some are more visual in their, their, their dealings. And I think just like Christy Peterson you know, and Jack Casher and all. I mean, look at Casher. I mean, look, my God, he's, you know, you say, well, he, was, he practiced, you know, he got a 12-year degree with become a Jesuit, and he decided not to do it, you know. So we've got mainstream, you know, religion and things of that nature, and we all move towards uh, awareness and dreams. You know, I was, as a kid, I, I just remember dreams, but I didn't think of very much of dreams, you know, but as time went along, you know, I really got into it. I started writing my dreams down every morning that practice my memory and things of that nature to, to recall the dream, you know, and, and wake up in the morning, not just shake myself and have an alarm clock, you know, wake, wake myself up. And then, you know, and then here's the kicker though, too. And, you know, after a while, it's like, I look at the clock, I, I got to wake up at eight o'clock, you know, or seven o'clock. As soon as seven o'clock, right? Bam! I wake up. You know, so you can so you can prompt yourself and you know use your your conscious mind to you know say I need to get up at eight o'clock. There's no buts about it, and you'll wake up on the dot. You know, so and even on day to day affairs. So, but yes, all the people that I've kind of run into, even in uh, our ET support group, you know, they're fairly uh, 
sensitive. I always like the word sensitive. I don't like to use the word psychic, so so to speak, because there's a different connotation to that. You know, like like you're crazy if you're psychic. You know, or <laughs> conjures crazy. up images of a crystal ball and a shady person oh, behind a beaded curtain, which yep. it used to be, but now it's it's very much mainstream. You know, I've uh, made it my one of my life missions to kind of break the mold and the stereotype. Uh, you know, I've been a full-time psychic medium for the past 13 years, but it, I pride myself on being pretty pretty down to earth and and you know, so I guess stereotypes are, are meant to be broken, but yeah, I, I agree everybody is sensitive, everybody's intuitive on some level. It just it just manifests in different ways. But in my opinion, the cool part is the UFO phenomena, again, bringing it back to the UFOs, um, most people are on board. And it, it doesn't really, and it's kind of funny because people who don't believe in psychics do believe in UFOs. You know, it, it's just, it's one of these things that transcends religion and politics. And I mean, take my brother, for example, he's not at all into metaphysics. He, he okay. doesn't, you know, he's, he doesn't, it makes him uncomfortable to talk about the afterlife. He doesn't, really? he doesn't claim to be a religious or a spiritual person. He doesn't like talking about intuition and psychic abilities, well, but he'll talk about UFOs. And that seems wow. to be the case. It seems to be the case all across the board because even conservative people, even people who don't even speak this language, you know, in terms of energy and this and that, they're still open-minded to extraterrestrials. And, and maybe it comes down to math. You know, how many billions upon millions of galaxies and how many stars and planets are in each galaxy? And you start doing the numbers and it's like there has to be billions of yeah. civilizations out there, most of which are probably more advanced than humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that's a kind of case in point with your brother, you know, if he just likes the UFO construct. So, yeah, I'd be hitting him up on the UFO aspect, what he likes about it, what is it that he enjoys, and why does he, why is he able to approach a UFO phenomena if not, if it's, so it's like, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I said, well, I said, you know, I asked Christian, go, do you believe in angels? He goes, oh, yeah. I said, well, what's the difference between that and an alien, you know? <laughs> <laughs> angels and aliens man they both have superpower abil abilities they both come from different dimensions how different can they really be yeah well, the whole thing is like you know it's like an alien is kind of a ghosty like thing you know too you know you got the shadow people and you know the earlier you know in the childhood days you know people the kids waking up and even even uh a, i would say teenagers even early 20s you know that people wake up and they see these shadow people over by the closet, you know, and it just spooks the freak out of them, you know. And, and I like going, uh, what happened after that? You know, it's just like there. And I kind of, you know, look at the, some of them could see the eyes, you know, but of the, of the shadow, but, you know, what time was it, you know. So those are the stories, too, that, that are prominent in uh, this field of ufology, you know, the shadow people, especially when I asked people who had sightings, you know, and I said, anything happened to you as a child or anything of that nature? Oh, yeah. 
had some shadow type scenarios. I have the, I have these dream paralysis, you know, and things of that nature, which, which are the markers for other alternate states of consciousness, you know, which again delves right into that that premise, you know, and waking up, you know, not knowing where you're at and things of that nature. So, yeah, so you're going from a dream state, which puts you right into that theta state. You can wake up, you know, and just like one of my dreams, like I told you, any of like the, I had somebody told me to wake up, you know, in my dream, and I did wake up, and I went right in the street. I was right in that sleep paralysis state, you know, so. That's a scary state to be in. Well, yeah, when you don't know about it, you don't know and haven't felt it before, or you can just move your eyeballs, you know, and things of that nature. Again, but again, it takes practice to say, okay, if I'm going to be in this altered state and the prowess is going to be there, then I have to work on a uh, program, my mind, you know, to say if I get in that state, then just to relax, to breathe, and and then just feel myself levitating like a hot air balloon, and you'll, you'll lift right out of body, you know. And for anybody who's never experienced sleep paralysis, consider yourself lucky. It's it's pretty terrifying. Basically it what it is, it's when your brain is awake, but your body is still asleep. So you're conscious of what's going on, but you are paralyzed. And for reasons that you know re- scientists are still trying to figure out, a lot of these sleep paralysis cases, they're accompanied with these you know visions or, or hallucinations that are rather scary in nature. I mean, I've I've experienced it before, you know, feeling paralyzed where an entity was walking through my kitchen, uh, approaching my bedroom. Uh, my sister has had it where she <laughs> experienced sleep paralysis and she almost saw like an alien type being in her room. And a lot of other people see ghosts or demons or, I mean, take take your pick. But it, it does make you wonder, are these hallucinations or are these, you know, was there a spell? You know, did the aliens wave their magic wand and, and immobilize a person? So was it a real experience? That's, that's what I'm wondering. Well, I really get into the science part of it here, Annie, which demystifies, you know, what's really, really going on. And again, you're going from a beta state of regular consciousness to an alpha, which is a relaxed state. And then you go into the theta state, which is what, if you get into hypnosis, this is a state by which you have your rapid eye movement in the theta state and this is where again this is where science and and i'm thinking about uh uh dr joe dispenza he talked about uh how when you're in the theta state you've got the schumann resonance which is 7.83 hertz which is the uh theta states anywhere from four to eight hertz in the ekg machine you know things of that nature Here's what's going on, though, too, Andy. When you're in the theta state, you you get rapid eye movement. That's when you're really, really dreaming, dreaming big time, and it's real life, it's, and, you, and that's where you get into the lucid dreams. If you, and this is the state at that 7.83 hertz, you are in resonant frequency of this reality, and this is the state which you move yourself out from the physical. You transcend the physical body in the that reality and you can go into the multi-dimensional reality it's like a gateway the gateway is at this frequency so so the divine basically uh made a couple chemicals in your body so when you're in a theta state you cannot enact your dreams and it basically paralyzes you there's two drugs that paralyze you so that you can't move physically, which, again, you would harm yourself. It's kind of like watching the guy with the 3D glasses, you know, and they, they want to start punching, you know, the next thing you know, they punch through themselves through a wall, you know. 
that's what they don't, that's what the divine doesn't want you to do. They don't want to hurt you. So they put you in this paralysis. And that's, this is, again, that's why your mind is in the quantum at this point. And you can pick up all the multidimensionality. That's where you can see the, the various the, uh, the beings coming through. Uh, you can see your, even your grandmother. I remember the time when I told you, Andy, and I said, you could talk to your father anytime. And then you told me the, the next, the next month's talk said, thank you very much because I had the best talk with my father and grandfather that, those evenings, you know, uh, I'll never, for, I'll never forget that dream because it was so vivid. It was so right. lifelike. I mean, it, to this day, I'm like, that really happened, man. That was more than a dream. A little rendezvous with deceased loved ones, you know. I know. See, that's the part. You know, here, here you do this day in, day out, Andy. You should be. Do you get any sort of feelings? You know, when you get connect, and you get these uh, downloads of, you know, like, oh, I see your father. I, you know, he's telling me this. Do you get any other, you know, like energy kicks from that at all? That's what I'm going to ask. Yeah, when I, when I make a connection with somebody who's passed away, it's a whole, you know, body, mind, spirit, sensory overload. So I yeah. can hear them, but I can also see them. Sometimes it's accompanied with, with a smell. You know, I can smell grandpa's cigar smoke or grandma's perfume. And oftentimes it's, a, it's an emotional connection with that person's personality as well. So... You know, if somebody was ornery and, you know, cussed like a sailor, that'll come out. Sometimes if they're kind of tame and subdued and conservative, that'll come out. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting process to, to say the least. And, you know, it's brought a lot of comfort to a lot of people over the years. Well, I kind of get the feeling though, Andy, it's like you guys, you know, once you've been able to transcend going from a beta state, and I think you guys are able to just kind of like slip right into that theta state real fast, real quickly, and you pick up your stuff. You know, it's like Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey did a, he would always have a reading, you know, either a health or past life reading. He would want to know where the person's located at at the time. So they would have to be at that particular location. So he'd say, okay, just like here, if I had a, reading with Edgar Casey said, okay, I'm here in Bellevue at this at this address. And so basically what he's doing, the same thing as a remote viewer would do. He would go into the trance state. He would go to the location where I'm at. He'd pick up my vibrations. And then, again, we were talking a little bit about uh, uh, just like the computer, you know, you download your files into an iCloud. Well, guess what? In Once you're in the quantum, you get – we have what's called the spiritual – you have the – the Kashuk records, which again, all the intelligence is in the ether, is in the quantum, and so, so we're tied to that IP address, you know, I frequency. So it's just like a radio wave, you know, with that's got the intel modulation of the sounds of the radio songs and so forth that's being carried on the carrier wave. So, so each of our each of our souls have a, has a definite frequency to it and so it's tied to the Akashic Records or to the iCloud and so Edgar Casey would just be able to pick up and so again it's your perception and what you pick up you know of what that person is is has gone through so you're basically downloading the whole files of that person you can say hey oh by the way um, I see something in your future you know because it's, it's one time Past, present, future is all one time. It's singularity working right at the moment. So for you, Danny, I think that's, you know, it's kind of like doing a meditation. So I'm sure after you're reading, you're pretty spiked, you know. I'm oh, 
I mean, usually it depends on the type of reading, you know, because I yeah. now I'm more focused on past life readings more than ever before, and those are right. exhilarating and fun. You know, the the mediumship, which I did more of in years past, you know, connecting with deceased loved ones, it's it's very tiring. And yeah. I once had actually had a, a brain study done, so I was contacted by uh, the staff of Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. Now he's a neuroscientist based out of uh, Arizona, but he was in an offshoot office here in Omaha, Nebraska. And they reached out to me because he's open-minded about psychic stuff and spiritual stuff. And he said, come into my office. You know, I'm going to hook you up to all my equipment. We'll put a skull cap on you. Oh, we'll cool study your... that, it was very cool. So I did it. And yet, you know, he put the, the goop on my head and I'm wearing the skull cap and I, I look like a Frankenstein. I got all these cords connected to computers. And it was also kind of nerve wracking because, you know, he's like, okay, go do your thing. So I start giving the psychic reading to his assistant and connecting with her, you know, guardian angels and relaying messages and stuff. And they're monitoring what my brain is doing during this time. A couple of weeks go by. He calls me. He gives me the the, the feedback on, on the, you know, they crunch the data. And I didn't understand hardly a word he said. I said, okay, can you explain this like you're explaining it to a kindergartner? So he dumbed down the language a little bit. Basically, what he found out is, is that in moments where there were natural kind of quiet pauses in the conversation, like when I was, you know, trying to get the information, uh, that my brain, the auditory processing center of my brain was going crazy as if I was actually hearing an external voice speaking to me. So he said, whatever angels or spirit guides, you know, that you were connecting with, you were actually hearing from something that we couldn't hear in the room, which is pretty cool. And then the other thing that he found to help explain the fatigue that goes along with, you know, using intuition, he said a lot of different centers of, of my brain were lit up like a Christmas tree, right. uh, parts of the brain that don't typically work in unison. Because as you know, you know, you have a different pocket of your brain for logical problem solving. There's another one for emotions. There's another one for anger control, this and that. But they were all lit up simultaneously right. and working in unison. So, right. you know, they, they say we only use 10% of our brains at any given time. But apparently when you use intuition, you're, you're using a higher percentage. And so I asked him, I said, you know, does that account for why I'm so tired after a day of, you know, connecting like that? And he said, oh, yeah. I mean, your good analogy is, um, if you've ever seen a top fuel dragster, you right. know, race car, they'll blow through like five gallons of gas in just a few seconds. And energetically, that's kind of like what it's like uh, giving psychic readings. But, you know, it does serve a purpose. And like we said earlier, uh, you know, this is not unique to me. I think a lot of people have intuition, whether you choose to harness that or not believe in it. Either way, you know, people, we have these hunches. We have these, you know, right. some people call it mother's intuition or it's yep. a sixth sense. But it is it is interesting, and I think it is worth study. And I like that you take a scientific approach to some spiritual topics. And you're, I mean, you have a really interesting background, Fred, because your your background is in education, correct? You you've been a teacher before. Yeah, I taught school, and then I, of course, I got into the electronics part, you know, later on. So that was that was more fun for me, you know, uh, understanding electronics and uh, the science part of it. And I was. I was going to ask you a little too, and you, you know, did 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 the guide say what level of consciousness were you in a, a theta state or a delta state when you when you did your processing of of work? I wish I wish I would have uh, saved the report. Uh, I I can't tell you off the top of my head, uh, but it was probably in the notes that he wrote down. 
Uh, of course, you know, you, you speak that language more fluently than me. I don't know a whole lot about brainwaves and everything, right. but, but, you know, going back to what I was saying, you have a really interesting background because it's like you have one foot in the spiritual realm and you're, you're knowledgeable about, you know, energy and Akashic records and right. brainwaves and, and, but then also on the other side, you're very mechanical because you worked at off at Air Force Base, correct? Right. I worked the RC-135 with electronics, so we did the hardware, you know, and then, and of course, you know, I, I worked a bench. I looked all, worked all the, you know, capacitors and, you know, resistors and things and amplifiers and things. I mean, I did it all. I mean, I, so you're working on both sides of the picture, you know, and you, then you work with the firmware and the software. Then it became more mainstream with the IT part, part of it, you know, where, you know, here you got this router, you know, and it's like, okay, we've got all these wires hanging down out of it, you know, but, you know, it's it's dead in the water, so you got to re reprogram it and put its brains back together. It's just like, it's just, you know, it's all, it's all AI, basically, you know, and in who we are, and so it's the same thing with the body, you know, we have to be aware of what, what the body's doing and how, and I can see why you would get tired, you know, again, if you're working with a lot of emotions, a lot of sadness and things of that nature. That's enough to really crank you down, you know. And think, but if you're talking about angels and high grade, you know, high frequency, you would be popping, Andy. I can. That's why I said, you know, even sociologists and psychologists that deal with trauma all the time, they've got to get a timeout about every five years. They kick out, and it's like, man, you got to get, you got to get on your own, you know, get out of this thing. Even when I taught elementary school. I had to get away from those kids, you know, because like, oh, I can use a multi-syllable word in talking now. I can't, I mean, I was like, I got dumbed down, you know, I'm like, ugh, you know, I love the kids, but, you know, you're, you're at that level, you know, you're at their level, you know, it's high creativity, high activity, high energy, but the brain is not stimulated at all, so to speak, and that's why mothers and mothers are, you know, they have... So they can't figure out moms and because they're in the kids scenario, you know, you know, and it's the hardest job. I mean, being a mom is the hardest job, especially those brave souls who are a stay at home mom. I know when, oh, no. when my daughter Sky, you see her on the book cover behind me with the, yeah. the Sky Diaries book that came out. But <laughs> when she was when she was a baby, you know, her mom was a stay at home mom there for the first couple of years. But I yeah. remember every Thursday she got out and she had like a, you know, a part-time job. And I was, you know, stay at home dad for that one day a week all day. And it was great. It was, it was magical. But I was like, man, this is a really hard job. This is a harder than my day job, you know, to be, you know, at that level and active and playing and cleaning up messes. So anybody who's out there, parent, single parent, you know, uh, stay at home mom, uh, High five to you because that is a thankless job and a very, very important Well, you job. almost have to be intuitive, you know, because you, you're really soul melting with the child, you know, and, and they're like, well, how did you get that out of the kid? That way he was trying to tell you, you know, I mean, again, it's that, that sink, you know, that you have with your kid, you know, and what they're trying to say to you and things of that nature. So that's one, that's one cool thing about, you know, being a mom and things. I mean, I always felt moms were very intuitive, even the, the Spanish people. Yeah, Latinos are very, very sensitive with the family. They know what's going on in the family, you know, and so they, there's that psychic connection. And I found that, again, even in one of my relationships, I was very strong. I fell in love with this guy. I knew exactly what was going on with that woman, but 24-7, I knew where she was at. I knew where she was walking. I, I could almost smell the smells that she was around, you know, like I was RVing her all the time, you know. So so it was, you know, it's, it's the love connection that, 
that drives that, you know, it's that intuitive love connection that you have with the, with the people. So, so that's the, that's the part of the ET scenario again is, you know, some of these people, when they have the experiences, they feel from the ET, they're scared to death and all of a sudden they throw a switch. Next thing they know, they're in love with these guys, you know, like, what what happened? You know, so evidently they're vibrating at a higher frequency rate. They're able to, you know, throw some some sort of switch, you know, and then they're just like, I'm in love with these guys. And the fact is one, this one guy, this couple, he was married, you know, and his wife got really jealous because he wanted to go visit the ETs more than, you know, and deal with, you know, some of the interconnections he had with that. And she felt out of the loop, you know, like, where's this guy going, you know? And so there's a lot of, in fact, there's a, you know, probably a high rate of divorce, you know, you know, once, once you get into this, you know, it's hard to let go at times. And if you get really into it, then if the wife, wife, the husband at all into it, they usually like, I can't handle this and they kick out, you know? Well, it almost depends on if you're, you know, if you're prone to having weird experiences, whether it be psychic, paranormal, or extraterrestrial in nature, if your spouse is not into that, you know, if, yeah. if you respond with curiosity and wonder and your partner responds with fear and skepticism, you got the makings of a breakup there, you know, and, yeah. and I call it spiritual incompatibility. And I've seen it a million times lead to Absolutely. divorce. So not that this is a, you know, self-help talk show or anything like that, but I'm just throwing yeah. this out there as, oh, you know, I've That's been a life is. coach. Yeah. As, as a life coach for the past 15 years, if you are single and searching for love, if you're open to these types of subject matter, when you find a, you know, your special person, please yeah. make sure that he or she is open to the open-minded as well, because if that person's not, you don't have a good foundation. Absolutely. I mean, that after my very first relationship, that was that was the thing. You know, she I was going left field. She thought, you know, I was going into metaphysics and so forth, and she was really devout Christian. She said, I can't marry you, you know. And so that was the breakup, which, again, that was the di the gig. But uh, from that point on, too, I mean, the only person I had a relationship either had ET connections or things of that nature or in the metaphysics, and uh, it was – it was show on, you know, it was, everything was just, again, once you get into there, it's like everything synchronistic, everything from that point on, everything came through. It's like the person I was supposed to meet. It's almost like all these lifetimes ending, kind of like wrapping up these lifetimes of uh, karma that I had to deal with, with these people in the past, you know, and, and you interconnections of, of the relationship and things of that nature. So it's all cool. So will you meet the person? Yes. When, but the thing was, I was changing so fast, I didn't know who was me, but I always met somebody, again, a little bit higher than me, so to speak. So it was kind of a fun thing for me, you know. So they, uh, so it was a good thing, good thing for me. Well, when you tend to meet people who, you know, know a lot about the world, uh, it allows you to level up, so to speak, a little bit yep. quicker. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> I remember – Growing up, you know, I was, my brother is a couple years older than me, so I always played on, in his age division when it came to soccer. Yeah. And I was, I was the smallest kid. I was the youngest kid on the team, but it made me a, a good player really quick because I was trying to keep up with these, with these kids who had more experience. Absolutely. So I, I think the same is true, you know, for, for learning about metaphysics and learning about ET, hang out with somebody who's had some experiences, you know, Absolutely. it'll. Absolutely. Dip your toes in the water and, uh, you know, so that's – now, I, I do real quick, Fred, and I'm completely hitting the brakes and pulling the U-turn on our conversation that's real true. quick. 
this just entered my brain. Going back to your work at Office Offutt Air Force Base, which for anybody listening who's not familiar, Offutt Air Force Base is over in Bellevue. It's it's just a thirty minute drive from Omaha, Nebraska. It's one of the biggest uh, air bases or most important air bases in in the country. But when you were there, did you have fairly high like security clearance? Is, is there certain things you can't tell me about or talk about or like what kind of what kind of waiver do you have to sign to work there? Well, I had a top secret SCI clearance with a little add-on, which I'm not supposed to talk about. Again, they're the part of clearances that I'm not supposed to talk about. But yeah, I did. And, and mostly... It was- that does it for this episode of So Strange. Again, to hear the full-length interview, click the link in the show notes and sign up to become a subscriber. It's quick, easy, and it only costs $4.99 a month. Be sure to rate and review this show on your podcast platform of choice, and be sure to check out my other podcast called Paranormal Dads. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky, and do me a favor and shoot me an email if you see any flying saucers up there. Have a great weekend, everybody. I hope it's safe, so much fun, and so strange. Thank you.